Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Now, do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Blit, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. Step back for one minute and look at the big picture. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. The orphan bond, a family that very few can understand. Help me! Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up, and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother, Wesley Poppins. <laughs> um, we're reviewing a movie from 1964. Damn, that's old. Mary Poppins. You can't swear in the Mary Poppins discussion. You've been bugging me about Mary Poppins for months now. What is your obsession with Mary Poppins? What is your unobsession with Mary Poppins? Why do you call Mary Poppins Mary Popkins? Because I like being difficult. Give me your best Dick Van Dyke impression. It could be any impression. I could be like, hello. And it's like, it's perfectly sound because he's so like, this is the most derided impression, particularly Cockney in movie history. You know, he actually apologized for it. <laughs> that bad? He received some British award and he's like, by the way, sorry about that whole Bert thing. That was terrible. <laughs> He claims that he had no idea. He claims that he tried really hard, and undoubtedly, if anybody's working hard in this movie, it's Dick Van Dyke. But he says that the dialect coach that they <laughs> that they got for him was Irish, oh. who was trying to affect a Cockney accent. The, the guy was as bad as he was in the movie. The greatest Irish prank ever pulled on <laughs> British cinema. Why can't they ever find an actual British Bert? Why can't they? Well, I mean, it was a Disney production and, you know, behind the scenes, everything was American about it, except for P.L. Travers, who insisted on being involved. And they cast an American for Bert because why not? They assumed that no one would notice. And apparently nobody, <laughs> nobody did notice because all the powers that be at Disney weren't like, wait a minute, this sucks. Nobody said anything. Well, it's akin to the British caricatures of Americans who are all you know, cowboys from the Wild West. Sure, I'll go with that. I guess it was just, you know, the American caricaturization 
of a British Cockney chimney sweep. But they had a second chance with your boy, Lin-Manuel Miranda. How is Lin-Manuel Miranda my boy? Because <laughs> you um, went to go see him in person along with so a couple other you. million people. No. I mean, technically, I didn't see him. I saw it at the Pantages. I didn't drop like a grip of money to go see. I am thankful I saw Hamilton from the comfort of my own home. So Mary Poppins arguably is Paloma's most beloved Disney classic. She hasn't taken well to Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, even Cinderella, but she likes Mary Poppins. Kid has good taste. It is worth noting that all of those are animated. And while Mary Poppins has a lot of animation, a lot it was more live action. As a matter of fact, it was one of Walt Disney's first real serious forays into live action filmmaking, like for a movie for kids. I didn't take to Mary Poppins as a kid. I mean, I was all about Cinderella. Probably watched that VHS tape to death. Um, Dad probably taped it together a couple times. It was that, um, you know, the puffy boxes that they used to come in, the the white clamshells? Yeah. I remember that. It was all broken, and I took out the paper that was inserted into the plastic cover, and I, like, kept it and, like, wrapped it around the uh, VHS cassette. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. Hey, don't. They'll take us down. Oh. Sounds like you have a thing for Mary Poppins. I like Mary Poppins because... This movie exists in a different dimension from every other movie I've ever seen. Julie Andrews is a Disney legend, and yet I never saw The Sound of Music. To me, she is and will always be Mary Poppins. She won an Oscar for the role. Dick Van Dyke, I know he's been around. I know he had his own show. I know he was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which I also have never seen. David Tomlinson, the amazing Mr. Banks. He was in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which actually featured a lot of the music left over from Mary Poppins when the Sherman's dudes were churning out crazy hits. I've never seen that movie. And then I thought that I could keep this rolling through all the main cast, <laughs> and I got to Glynis Johns. I looked through her filmography, and I was like, certainly I've never seen anything else with her in it. And she was the hateful grandmother in The Ref. I don't think I saw like that. Like that Christmas movie? Oh, my God. Is Glynis Johns a bird-brained grandmother in The Ref? No, she's very smart. Because she's certainly a bird-brained uh, suffragette in Mary Poppins. No, she's calculating an evil. Whereas here she uses them, well, I guess for the time, for 1910, she probably was perceived as using her powers for evil. She's certainly been criticized for being neglectful of the bank's kids. Couldn't be bothered to deal with them. But when they come in and read their list of qualifications for the nanny, she listens attentively and encourages them and smacks Mr. Banks when he intends to interrupt. So she definitely cares about the kids. Yeah, she cares about the kids. I think that was just the fashionable parenting of the time, to leave all kind of menial parenting duties to the governess, right? Yeah, don't you do that? <laughs> I habitually hide from my children during the day, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to. You're actually a professional. You have stuff to do. I am actually working, yes. <laughs> but Mrs. Banks, I don't think she was unintelligent. I think she had her agenda. She was singular in her focus. She was clever because she knew how to manage Mr. Banks. I just don't think she ever crossed that line. Like she said she was going to go off and do a thing. And he's like, I wish for you to remain. And she's like, of course, dear. And she would sit down. <laughs> she allowed to perpetuate his illusions of who he was and what his household represented. Exactly. In the way that Mary Poppins would never allow. I mean, Mary Poppins, I mean, she really shut him down. 
in a way that he's just he's bewildered after the fact. And I think that that Mrs. Banks has that ability because while they adore men individually, they agree that as a group, we're rather stupid. Yep, elicited a full blown laugh from me where Paloma looks at me and like is like, what? What was so funny? Like when I laughed out loud when Wonder Woman tells Chris Pine that uh, in terms of pleasure, men are unnecessary. Where okay. I like I bark out like an audible laugh and Paloma's totally confused. You watched Wonder Woman with Paloma? More like Amy and I were watching Wonder Woman. Paloma was trying to stay up late. <laughs> I think that Mrs. Banks has some smarts, but her role in the age of men of 1910 was to be the wife for, you know, to keep the peace or whatever. And Mary Poppins is the person that she could be potentially as far as a mother goes or to stand up to her husband. She just chooses not to for the most part. So you don't have a ton of context with for Julie Andrews not having been so closely associated with Sound of Music, which came out a year after Mary Poppins. But she balances a decidedly delicate tone with this character. That's my first guess at why this this character is so special and why it endures. But I, I'm curious about your your impression of Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. She is Mary Poppins. I can't extricate the actress. I look at her and I'm like, her hair is all weird and she's talking funny like modern. It doesn't make sense. That said, Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, is absolutely perfect. In every single way? Almost. 99.9 because that's actually a wig. Why does she have red hair in the one sheet? It's so bizarre. I don't know, because it was hand-drawn, and maybe he ran out of the uh, the ink, the artist, <laughs> or whatever. So you, take, you dock 0.1% for the wig? Yeah, and, and once you know it's a wig, unfortunately, you can never look away. But uh, she's luminous as Mary Poppins, obviously a beautiful lady, can sing very well for the time. She has a crazy range, and she straddles that line of being sweet and caring and really open at the same time, totally shutting Mr. <laughs> Mr. Banks down and giving him the suspicious, like, perhaps a trial period will be in order. And she's like very suspicious. She's great in the role and well-deserving of her Oscar. Mary Poppins, on the other hand, is kind of a gaslighting tease. Like she's kind of mean, like, and in a way, don't trust her niceness all the way as an adult. I don't know. Does gaslighting apply to kids? <laughs> Like, isn't a lot of child raising and child rearing manipulation to get them to not talk too much or to go to sleep or whatever? Hmm. I mean, there's definitely a lot of manipulation that goes on on both sides of the parenting. I mean, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Isn't that gaslighting? Ooh, interesting. I thought gaslighting was more was limited to like undermining somebody's sense of truth. Yeah. Making them feel like they're crazy for beliefs that they know are true. I don't know. It doesn't quite apply. It just seems like a lot of the stuff goes out the window, you know, when it comes to parenting versus interacting with adults. But basically you're saying that Mary Poppins is is crafty. She's shrewd in how she gets the kids to fall in line. Right. But I mean, also, she directly lies to them and upsets like them. A respectable person like me in a horse race. How dare you suggest such a thing? Oh, that's now just go, sarcasm. Now go to sleep. And he's like, I saw you do it. And she's like, go to sleep. <laughs> that's just sarcasm. King of sarcasm. I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. I'm just saying that Mary Poppins, like if you had nanny cams and stuff, aside from the magic, Mr. Banks might have credible evidence of why she'd be a questionable choice. <laughs> 
Yeah, I read a, I read a thing. Uh, I think it was about Mary Poppins Returns. What would happen if she actually used her? You know, it was like you know what it was. It was a comparison of Mary Poppins and Pennywise, which is a little bit disconcerting. I mean, the parallels were numerous. What? Shout out to Pennyfan Thirty Seven. She returns every quarter century. You know, she. <laughs> has a fascination with floating and with all this kind of stuff. What would happen? Imagine if Mary Poppins used these considerable powers for evil. She would be a force to behold, right? Eerie. It's like Galadriel. If she got the ring, she would be like cold and terrible as the dawn. All will fear me and despair. And then she's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Galadriel again. That was very Ozymandias. Mental note, look up Ozymandias. You just need to you need to start a dedicated notebook. You think that this is just about educating me on cinema, but I'm educating you on life. Undoubtedly. I was actually thinking about this in our approaches. I found for Cruella, I wrote, you know, maybe half a page worth of notes, and I didn't cover a lot of stuff. And generally by the end of a, of a podcast episode, I will have gotten out everything that I wanted to say or points I make. It's just bullet points or whatever, but it definitely requires the rounding. But then you bring in the stuff, your perspective, and it kind of fills out together. I fear what would happen if something happened to one of us and the other was like tried to take it on, take it upon themselves to thoroughly review a movie. <laughs> like I definitely get a lot of stuff from what you're saying. And it helps, you know, the fun part is kind of bringing them together for my, my opinions and yours. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I was re-listening to Stand By Me because we got that great feedback from Brad, who was subsequently inspired to revisit Stand By Me after our after listening to our podcast episode and I was like man there's just I just don't know this stuff like you're like Rob Reiner son of legendary Carl Reiner and I'm like who's Carl Reiner but I didn't say <laughs> anything and then you're like who just passed away and I was like oh he just died I don't know how you know this stuff but I also think I also just like marvel at like what you would do with this stuff if we didn't have a podcast it would, it would just like sit, it would just rattle around in your brain collecting cobwebs. That's why Mary Poppins doesn't exist anywhere else. I don't. Nothing was ruined. As a kid, I didn't know what a Cockney accent was, and Bert was just Bert. I wasn't like cringing at him sounding different than Dick Van Dyke usually does, or I hadn't been to London and I didn't know, you know, why he was bad. I didn't hear he was bad until I was an adult. I didn't know who Julie Andrews was as an actress until I was an adult. Or the history of the Mary Poppins movie and how it fits into Disney is actually his highest accolade. No other movie during Walt Disney's life was nominated for Best Picture. So that's something. Any romance between Mary Poppins and Bert? Nope. There wasn't even an implied romance. Like, there, I couldn't even read it in between the lines. There was nothing implied. It was so pure, their friendship. It was mandated that way by P.L. Travers. They have history. They definitely go on an outing-type date where they compliment each other on their appearance. He com he's compliments her in song. She tells him that a lady never fear when you are near. Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. Like, he's just a... Your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Like, nothing to worry about with Bert. Bert's just not going for it. <laughs> but it's like, he obviously loves and adores her, but it's... it's 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 like desexual. It's like neutered somehow. It's I guess it's fantasy, really. Love in its purest without any of the carnal fallen man stuff. He doesn't let Mary Poppins complicate his life. He lets her kind of color his life in a way. I mean, once you get emotionally invested in Mary Mary Poppins, no wonder everything's higgledy-piggledy around here. <laughs> Bert, I'm not even sure if he's 
human. He's like, Bert's like Mary Poppins' Patronus. He like shows up when you need a dude to sweep a chimney or sell a kite or provide a chalk drawing to jump in. He's just there, whatever you need. And it's like almost like Mary Poppins conjures him for her, her uses. Like a personal assistant behind the scenes. Like, hey, I'm bringing the kids past here. Have the chalk drawings ready. And Uncle Albert's crazy. So one, you know, when, when, I, when, the, when the kids have had enough, I'm going to need you to sit with him and take care of him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's run with this Mary Poppins as magician idea. Can we step back and try and have a pseudoscientific conversation about who and what Mary Poppins is? Well, if we're continuing with the Pennywise comparison, definitely some kind of witch. And the umbrella is the broom. She's just, she's a Glinda. She's a good witch. She's Glinda, the good witch of of England? Of the East End. (laughs) So we just accept that when kids need firm but gentle loving that mary poppins will fall out of the sky yep and we're cool with that she brings her bubble in which the kids are safe and they have fantastic adventures it factors into their imagination and uh, life lessons to boot she twists uh mr banks intentions and convinces him to do the thing she's like he does her bidding basically she's like a magic school bus all wrapped up in in her little package right where you just uh when you're with mary poppins anything is possible (laughs) like she comes and her departure could be devastating except for the fact that she's basically healed and reunited the bank's family yes but that doesn't help the kids who are left in like disarray when she leaves and who she discovers in mary poppins return later not to spoil anything in uh not the best situation just uh, sort of adrift emotionally but uh, yeah i guess she heals them but then it's devastating for the viewer when mary poppins takes off you don't actually believe it's going to happen just because how are they going to get along without her i don't know i guess mr banks is a different person yeah i think he's a different person and they're both they both seem to be more connected parents but speaking of her devastating exit her entrance was equally devastating in a different way like what happened to all of those nannies well most of those nannies went back to their jobs as like fishmongers or whatever because a bunch of them were dudes what do you wait what yeah not all of them but a great many of them on the port at least a few and it's clear once you see it are dudes they're dudes dressed in women's clothing yeah because they're doing because they're stuntmen and then they have to be blown away or whatever well they they need to be unappealing right you have to be very smart and fairly pretty per uh, Jane and Michael's qualifications. Yeah. And those nannies did not qualify. Okay. 
Well, maybe they were just like, they were all the chimney sweeps and they just, you know, switched their wardrobe and shuttled them from scene to scene. Maybe, but they were older, like spinster types or whatever, and those chimney sweeps were all long and lean and Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> well, they have to do the rooftop dance routine. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Mary Poppins is a musical, yo. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what's your favorite number in Mary Poppins, but then it just struck me like a thunderbolt that this is a musical and you hate musicals. But, no, I mean, it's different when you're a kid. And again, this is the bubble, the Mary Poppins bubble we talked about where it doesn't matter. This was a musical that didn't irritate me at all. It's a musical that blends seamlessly. My problem with musicals is that when you are invested in a movie, particularly a dramatic movie, to stop down and like, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you. Well, and it's like, okay, we're stopping the movie down for a crappy musical number and then we'll come back to the story, which is what I'm interested in. It's like video games when you have to stop them down, the, the action, so you can solve like a puzzle or something. It's like all the skeletons or all the zombies stop coming at you and you go into this like vault room in like an ancient temple and you have to solve this code and you, you can just sit there and the birds will chirp and stuff and nothing moves forward until you crack this code and unlock this thing because that's the way the game is structured. The way musicals are structured stops everything down and it makes me mad. Oh. It's clever or whatever as they are. Like when she says, what you need is a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. And you're like, you don't like that? In this case, it, it does further the plot. In particular, Mr. Banks will suddenly burst into song, but will also come back to speech and talk about normal things. But it's not like a choreographed routine or it completely breaks. It's, it's just a different kind of illusion. It's really hard to explain. Yes, it's a musical. And there are stop-down numbers. Supposedly, Walt Disney loved Feed the Birds beyond all reason, and it doesn't really have a real place in this movie. Likewise, the Stay Awake song that she sings to them when they refuse to calm down and she gaslights them. <laughs> those two songs exist, and the Stay Awake almost got cut, and it was one that Julie Andrews absolutely loved. The point is that those two songs are stories that don't really have anything to do with anything except to get the kids to sleep. That's why they're on the chopping block in the TV edits. I've been to London twice, and the most exciting part about it was going to St. Paul's, and we're taking bread along to feed the birds, which I think is illegal now. Yep, at St. Paul's and Trafalgar, Dunzo. Yeah. Even if it's kind of a non sequitur, those songs are as deeply embedded in the psyche as Spoonful of Sugar. It's a bubble that's existed in my life for 45 years. Not only is this a musical, but it's also a musical with kids. How do you get around that? Uh, at the time I was a kid, I was probably Jane's and or Michael's age. And if you watch that kid go through the qualifications, she sings them and he responds in time. And I'm sure that they re-recorded it or that it's ADR or whatever, but she's really solid. But somebody had a musical ear where the quality of everything they say and do, irrespective of their musicality, sounded musical. And this movie just has a perfect rhythm and timing that's always appealed to me. So maybe when uh, instruments flare up out of nowhere, you kind of go with it. This movie is a tightly run ship from top to bottom. I particularly like Michael's gaping mouth shots. Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are not a codfish. <laughs> but he's got a lot of those where he's just gawking. And Jane, her little young woman inside of her, like, they're both pretty charming, even though some of the acting is pretty wooden. For the kids in particular? Yeah. 
there are some scenes that I favor over others and some that I don't watch as closely, but I can't find real fault in Mary Poppins. Now I'm just trying to poke holes into your tightly run ship. Can't do it. What about the animatronic bird or the very distracting stop-motion toy soldiers? You know, I said that. The stop-motion you can't, you can't get around. We were 30 years before Jurassic Park at this point, but the bird was pretty rough, particularly as magical as it was that the bird was on her finger singing a spoonful of sugar and even harmonizing with her or counterpoint harmonizing with her. Um, all that was really cool, but the bird looked pretty crappy. I mean, what are you going to do? I can't say that the stop-motion was any worse than... The Terminator stop motion in the first Terminator. Yeah, only a 20-year difference. Oh, wow. Weird. But the bird, I feel like I have some understanding. Because having grown up going to Disneyland, I knew how big Walt Disney was into animatronics. Yep. Like, that was his big technological innovation. And he was probably really thrilled and excited to implement animatronics into this live-action animation spectacular i'm going to go on a limb and say that mary poppins as a technological achievement with animatronics with live action with the animation and blending that all so seamlessly with the music may be the greatest feat in movie making for a family film since the wizard of oz since the wizard of oz or even more so than the wizard of oz i mean for me personally mary poppins trumps wizard of oz come at me bro Obviously, by the time that, that the movies that we grew up with, the con contemporary movies for that time, effects had gotten better. And the use of these things, like for Roger Rabbit, mixing animation and acting had gotten better and was more clever. But there you have to pay tribute to the basics, right? I also love The Wizard of Oz. And Mary Poppins is has a lot of those elements that are a little bit rougher, but maybe were unheard of at the time but it doesn't matter aside from the cartoons and stuff and the runaway carousel horses it really comes down to the principles i think that the main actors including the kids were all really strong as derided as bert's accent was he played a magnificent counterpart to mary poppins dick van dyke i didn't know much about him apparently he didn't know how to sing and dance all that well he had just learned previously like not long before for a broadway role and to see him his physical acting his dancing and things are really a standout in the way that julie andrews could never do in a dress when did you realize that dick van dyke was also the bank owner like two years ago no like three like five years it was a long it was re re relatively i was fully into adulthood before I knew. So he played Mr. Dawes. And if you have problems with Dick Van Dyke's accent, fine. If you have problems with his acting, fine. If he's kind of goofy, because Bird is a fairly goofy dude. But all that has to go out the window when you see his physical acting and comedy in playing the elder Dawes, who doesn't look anything like Dick Van Dyke, who I'm guessing that most people didn't know uh, when they grew up watching this movie. It's just you watch him play the old man role and it's it's kind of joyous. I get the joy that this movie conjures up, but are you avoiding something that this movie does to you, like emotionally? Like, what does the family story mean to you? We come from a family where our parents are still together and all that good stuff. I mean, I, that's not just, we can't say that we didn't have our strife growing up. I certainly had a lot of issues, but I was never concerned about the family falling apart. And I don't know that that was ever in question. It was Mr. Banks's livelihood. As much as I, I do focus on the Mr. Banks character, I didn't understand what was happening at the bank. And uh, I vaguely worried growing up and getting a job 
I vaguely worried that getting fired meant having your hat punched and your <laughs> umbrella ruined. And so I resolved to carry neither of those things when I was going to get a job and have to face adult responsibilities. Like I didn't know why it happened, and I think it only happens in this world. And so... Uh, I don't know. Let's ask our listeners. Have you ever had your hat punched out or your umbrella ceremoniously ruined because you were fired from a job? Super jerky thing to do. They were probably just visual business to illustrate that he was like done. Yeah, he was wearing the same hat when he was promoted to partner. As much as he can be silly, I think that he plays absolutely the perfect straight man for this movie. You can see that he's emotionally torn and confused a lot of the time, resolute, and at the same time can be really turned around and really happy you know, later in the movie. All his turns were believable to me because I think that David Tomlinson was a great actor as Mr. Banks. Don't know anything else he's been in, don't care. Good enough with Mr. Banks for me. Whereas I, of course, align myself with the Mary Poppins character wanting to ride that line between, you know, loving my kids, keeping the stoking the fires of the imagination, but also not being a total pushover and giving in to their little manipulation. I mean, Michael and Jane to a certain extent, but kids are pretty manipulative. And if you let that developer run rampant, like you got a real problem on your hands. I'm watching Mary Poppins and I'm watching Paloma enjoy it and fall in love with this character, these characters. And I'm also kind of taking notes. I'm like, oh, that's how Mary Poppins gets it done. Man, who'd have thought we'd be here 57 years later? Gleaming all this goodness from Mary Poppins? Yeah, just approaching it from a completely different perspective. I don't know that this is what a, what a filmmaker sets out to do. You know, I think it may be in the back of their minds. They want to end, create something enduring that, and that will become a classic and that will inform generations to come. Um, whether that was the director, the filmmaker's intention or not, that's what we've got with Mary Poppins. So it's time for your official review. This is easy, and you can probably guess. I'm not surprised that you would give Mary Poppins a totally, but I'm surprised by how sentimental you are about this film. Not only is it a totally, but I will assert that Mary Poppins is in fact the my favorite Disney movie. Maybe the best Disney movie ever. Come at me, bro. What do you got? Nothing. That's right. The way you come at Wes, 818-835-0473. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what your favorite Disney movie is or whatever movies at gmail.com. That's our review on the classic and the everlasting Mary Poppins from 1964. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the Lion King. Oh, Little Mermaid. Shut up. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wannabet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different
like the show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.